I feel like preaching today, so I hope you're ready. I mean, I have just been excited about the gospel all over again, and God has just been giving me new eyes to see what I've looked at many times, and I'm seeing it in a new, new light. But uh, in case you didn't know, Christmas is upon us. It's here next weekend. How, how many of you, well, after next weekend, but we're like T-minus nine days or something, eight or nine days, less than two weeks. How many of us, just by show of hands, Valley Campus, Seaside, Sam Desham, how many of us are ready for Christmas? Wow, feel the collective judgment right now from the rest of us that don't have our hands up. We don't like you. Uh, how, many of, how many of you are more like me that you kind of maybe leave it till the last minute? Any, anybody honest in church today? Have you ever, you ever noticed, too, when you leave it to the last minute, you get your gifts, and then you have this, like, wrapping marathon? Any, any wrapping marathoners? You, you get them all out, you get the kids to bed, and you just have this pile of gifts, and you just go through it, and you do them all at one time. Any, anybody do that? Yes, good. I'm not alone. You know what I found in, in Christmas past? I've found many times, because of maybe the wrapping marathon, and because of maybe the volume of gifts, I, I, let me know if this ever happened to you. There's been many Christmas mornings where we have, as a family, been opening gifts, and we come to a gift that has no name tag on it. Okay, this has happened to some of you. And maybe it was because of the amount of gifts and all the, all the stuff that's going on and things that just got knocked off because of just the chaos of Christmas morning. That's happened. Or it might have been that the person left it to the last minute and by gift 28 just forgot to put it on. Nonetheless, we've all had that experience, most of us, on Christmas morning, passing out gifts and someone finds a gift under the tree and we don't know who it's for. Has anybody ever had that? So you're looking at the gift, and, and you, look at, you look at mom, and you try to remember who it's for, and sometimes even she doesn't know who it's for. And so what do you have to do when you don't know who the gift is for? What do you do? you got to open it. Correct. you got to give it to some volunteer, usually your kid. You know, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team, and they'll open it up. And, and based on the contents inside, you can then determine who the gift was intended for. Correct. It's not until you unwrap it and you look at inside of the gift that you can figure out who this gift is for. And I wonder if that's not a picture for us today of what we need to do when it comes to the Christmas message. I wonder if in all the chaos of the Christmas season, maybe in all the volume of the different Christmas narratives we now have with the Grinch and Buddy the Elf and Clark Griswold and, and old school, we have some old school people here with Clark Griswold, Santa Claus and the elves and we have this deadline and that deadline and schedules and every kid's class has a different secret Santa. It's crazy this year, y'all. Teachers, chill out. Oh, that hit a nerve. That hit a nerve. It's like, I can't afford to buy Christmas presents for my kids and all of yours as well. So, but in all the chaos of Christmas, it's amazing how we can lose maybe the intention of what Christmas or who Christmas is for. I wonder if with all of the things of the season, if we haven't lost maybe the, the intent of Christmas, if this message of the gospel of God's grace in Jesus given to us at Christmas, I wonder if we haven't misplaced it or we haven't lost it and we might not need to open it up and look at it all over again and examine the contents inside the story to figure out who Christmas is intended for. 
And I'm not, I'm not just convinced of this because of the chaos of the season and how so often in, in this time of the year, I'm reminded of how I've missed the plot and I've forgotten maybe the true meaning of Christmas and I even have gotten caught up in, in what the season has become. But I'm also convinced of it because of 13 years of ministry encountering so many people who, that if you talk to them, maybe they came to your church at a Christmas service, or maybe they came at an Easter service, or maybe if you found them in a conversation at Tim Hortons, if you went and you interviewed someone on the street and you asked them, hey, do you know what the real meaning of Christmas is? You might get some that say, well, it's about, you know, love and cheer and singing loud for all to hear. And it's, it's about, you know, goodwill to men and it's about giving gifts and the holiday season. You might get that answer. Or maybe if you interviewed someone else, they'd say it's about, you know, it's about Jesus. We realize it's a Christmas, it's a Christian holiday and it's about, you know, Jesus coming to earth or something. But if you really boil it down, I wonder how many people know who Christmas is really for. And so I want to look today at the scene surrounding Christmas, and I want to just examine the gift that God gave us, and to see if the contents in the gift can't help us understand a little better who Christmas was intended for. And so let's just open up some, some of these gifts today, make sure I get them in the right order. Ah, White Mary. Just for the record, for those of you who are new to church, uh, everything that you saw on TV about Caucasian Jesus, just is, it's a lie. He was Jewish, and so was his mama. And uh, now, I don't know, maybe he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe he was not pure Jewish. I don't know. He was Jewish. We got Mary and Joseph here. If you're taking notes, okay. What does Mary and Joseph tell me about who Christmas is for? If you're taking notes, write this down. As I examine this gift, I'm reminded that Christmas is the gift of peace for the worried and the restless. Christmas is the gift of peace for the worried and the restless. Because when I look at Mary and I look at Joseph, I'm reminded of anxiety. I'm reminded of fear and how Christmas is the gift of peace on the heels of fear and anxiety, the worried and the restless. It's interesting how Christmas has been co-opted and how for a lot of us, Christmas is not a season of peace. Christmas is a season of stress. It's a season of anxiety, even for those of us who are believers. And we, we know that we're, we're worshiping the Prince of Peace and that Emmanuel, God with us. But it's amazing how this can also be one of the most stressful and difficult and painful times of the year. It can be one of the most chaotic times of the year. Anxiety can be sky high. Pressure can be sky high at Christmas time, can it? And then when we open this gift and we see Mary and Joseph here in the original scene, it gives us some insight into God's intention for Christmas. That to these first recipients, Mary and Joseph, Jesus is this great gift of God's peace given to them. Now, now why is that significant? Well, if you kind of get past the gloss of the Christmas story and you get past the acrylic version of Mary and Joseph and you get into the 3D human version of Mary and Joseph, you'll actually find a very uh, hyper-pressured situation that these two individuals were in. Mary was not uh, a young woman. She was actually a teenage girl. Uh, she was a girl that was facing the challenge of a lifetime. 
Now, we know just from our own lives, those of us who have had kids, pregnancy can be an anxious time in and of its own right. Can I get an amen, sisters? Yeah, I mean, it's a time where you feel the anxiety of being out of control. Some foreigners growing inside of you. Your body's changing. You've got this deadline with labor looming over you that you know from history and from every other woman that reminds you of how terrible it is, how awful it's going to be, right? Is that like a rite of passage for women? Like after you've had a kid, oh, I had labor for 436 hours. Yeah, three weeks. It was three weeks. They did 12 epidurals. It didn't, it didn't work. It's going to be terrible for you. You know, isn't that, is that what you're doing? Anyway, she had the fear. She had the fear of being pregnant. But more than that, there were some social things going on. I mean, talk about anxiety and pressure that this girl was facing. I mean, she had to deal with the pressure of, can you imagine the rumor mill? Mary starts a few months in. She gets a little baby bump, and all of a sudden people are talking. And someone comes and asks her, Mary, we see that you're pregnant. What happened? You're, you're, you're 15 years old. You're engaged to, engaged to another man. So either you guys are doing what you're not supposed to do before you're married, or you slept around on him. What's going on? And she says, oh, don't worry. I'm still a virgin. God, it's God's kid. Can you imagine what people are saying about her? People talking. And in fact, in her day, that if a, if a woman was caught in adultery, it actually demanded that she could have been stoned by her own people. They could have actually had her executed. Like this is heavy-duty stuff this girl was going through. This young girl facing massive social pressures in a small town where everybody knows everybody's business, talking about her, shaming her, gossiping about her, and she's got to deal with all of that. She's got to deal with the insecurity and maybe even the fear of the fact that Will might husband-to-be stay with me? Or is he going to just leave me because he thinks I cheated on him? The fear of being used goods and not having a man for the rest of her life, being left alone to deal with the Son of God and just her, is she going to be able to do it? And then, of course, just that small little pressure that she was dealing with about being the one who gets to raise the Savior of the world. No pressure. Can you imagine the weight of this season for Mary. And yet, in this, because as we look at her, this recipient, I see a letter or a, a note or a name tag of this gift of Christmas from God to Mary, this person in great, great anxiety and pressure where Jesus becomes this great gift of peace. Jesus is the gift of peace. Mary discovered when she received Jesus, as you see her reaction, I'll read it for her in a second, but as you see her reaction, something shifted inside of her to where in this person of Jesus, when she received Jesus, the peace that was growing inside of her was greater than the pressure that was upon her. That is good. The peace that was growing inside of her is greater than the pressure that was growing on the outside. Jesus is the gift of peace. Look at, look at what the prophet Isaiah said. Mary has this revelation where she realizes this is true. Prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, he said this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, to the, the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. 
That's the declaration. And Mary decides to receive this gift in faith. And look what her reaction is. Luke chapter 1. Instead of worrying, what does she do? She worships. She says, how can, I, how can I be worried when the Prince of Peace is here, when I have received the gift of great peace, whose government will rule without end, who will hold all things together by his grace? Look, at, look what she says. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant, this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed, not stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Hashtag. Tell the person next to you, I feel like the valley's falling asleep on me. Tell the person next to you, I'm too blessed to be stressed. We're getting through this. I'm getting a reactive church for Christmas. It's happening. I'm getting a church that knows how to receive a sermon for Christmas. That's how it's going to go. We're going to work on it. Look, this is good. With Jesus, someone needs to hear this. Who's Christmas for? Who is this gift for? When I look at Mary, I'm reminded of this. Jesus is the gift of peace. So that when you receive Jesus, when you receive this gift by faith, you say, Jesus, I want you. I receive you today in faith. When you receive Jesus, the peace that is growing inside of you is greater than the pressure that's upon you. That is a great gift that you need to hear. I don't care what you're going through. You might have bills that are pressing down on you. The peace that is in you is greater. You might have sickness that is pressing down on you. The peace that is in you is greater. You might be eyeballing, having to go to your in-laws overnight. The peace that is in you is greater. Amen. Come on. Not my in-laws. Mine are great. Really. I have good in-laws. They just, some people say that in-laws are tough. Not my story. Let's talk about Joseph for a minute. Where is he? There he is. Joseph's a little more, I don't know if we can get a close-up of this. Joseph's a little more authentic to, uh, you know, first century Israel. I like it. He's got a bit more of a tan and some darker hair. Appreciate that. For whatever reason, they made Mary a blonde white girl. So I, I don't know. Anyway. You think about Joseph, though. It wasn't just Mary that had to learn that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he's the gift of peace. It was also Joseph. Joseph had his own struggle and his own battle with anxiety. In fact, he was about to leave it all. He is about to walk away from it all. Isn't that what we do when, when things get too much? I can't take it anymore. I'm out. That's generally how we roll is I don't have the peace to deal with it inside of me, so I got to get out of here. I got to leave this behind. And he was actually considering leaving her. He was, you know, the Bible says that he was a, a good man. He was going to divorce her quietly, but he said, you know, I can't take it anymore. I can't take her as my wife. She clearly cheated on me. I'm not going to raise another man's son. I'm not going to do that, so... I'm going to divorce her quietly, and we're just, I'm going to go about my life. I can't take that. I can't deal with that. I'm out. I can't deal with it. But look what happens. It says he was considering leaving her. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 says he considered this. He considered leaving her. It says an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So what she said is true. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, 
And he took Mary as his wife. I love this. It's a picture again. Who's this for? Who's this gift for? It's for the people who can't take it anymore. When you receive the gift of peace, all of a sudden you can't take it. Do you see what happened? It's like, I can't take her as my wife. Angel shows up. No, you receive peace. He believes in his heart and all of a sudden he says, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with her. I'm going to go through with it. I'm going to walk through with it. That's what this gift is. Jesus isn't just Lord over the storm. He's not just God of the storm. He's God in the storm. Look, some of you are, are walking through the darkest valleys of your life. Some of you, it's not so dark. You're just dealing with the stresses of Christmas. And you're, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death known as Walmart next week. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you, the peace of God is in you. And greater is the peace, God's peace in you is greater. You can take people butting you in line. You can and not be a jerk. Some of you are walking through real difficulty. Not just annoyance, not just irritation, not just slight anxiety. Some of you are walking through very difficult things that you wish you could run away from. Guess what? Sometimes God doesn't give you relief, but he did give you his son, who is the Prince of Peace, who will actually go with you through that season. This is what David was talking about when he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because he's with me. God with us, Prince of Peace with me here now. So for some of you, like the thing, what is the thing right now that you say, I can't take it? I can't take it anymore. Receive the gift of peace in Jesus and you can all of a sudden go through another round of chemo because his peace is with you. I don't know if your body's going to get healed, but I know one thing, he'll never leave you or forsake you. You can pray another night for your son to finally come back to God. You can pray another week. You can, you can, you can go through another season when you have the Prince of Peace. Let me just remind somebody today that Jesus is the gift of peace to those who are worried and restless. Are you here and you worried? Are you worried about something? This one's for you. This gift named Jesus is for you. Receive today the peace of God. Seaside, this gift is for you. Sam Desham, this gift is for you. The gift of God's peace. What else do we have? I feel like Mr. Bean. I need a robot. Who else do we have? Oh, oh yes. Here we go. We got, uh, oh, let's save these guys for later. Let's do these guys. See my mountain goat? There he is. We got, uh, ah, yes. We have shepherds. Shepherds are also on the scene. Let's get a close-up of this guy. Can we get a close-up? Bring it in. Do you appreciate our camera guys making it happen? Who are the shepherds, and how does this inform who this gift is for? If we examine it, let me just, let me just say this. You can write this down if you're taking notes. Christmas, based on as I examine the shepherds, I'm reminded of this. Christmas is the gift of God's grace for the down and forgotten. It's the gift of God's grace for the down and forgotten. It's interesting. We talked about how stress has often co-opted the peace of Christmas. And I think Santa Claus might have co-opted the grace that is Christmas. Now, I'm not throwing out any judgment on this whatsoever. In fact, I am going to milk Santa for all he is worth with my kids, namely the bribery on behavior. I have been throwing empty threats to my kids for months. Hey, Santa's not going to bring you presents unless you be good, right? Because that's the deal at Christmas, isn't it? The deal is, if you be good, 
Santa brings you good gifts, correct? Is that the same Santa story you got? Are there any other like terrible parents like me that hold that over your kids? Yeah, totally. It's, it's an excellent tip. I'm telling you, pro tip, you can keep that. It works amazing because Santa's not going to come. But that, so that's, that's the story of Santa. That's the story that's kind of going out there. And I wonder if that hasn't infiltrated some of the story of the gospel. But the gospel is not uh, this benevolent person who gives good gifts to good boys and girls. The gospel is the greatest gift ever given to people who do not deserve it. It's actually expressly for the naughty list. Isn't that amazing? And, and who's on the naughty list? Full disclosure, you. Me, every one of us. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all people undeserving of gifts. And Christmas is the gift of God's grace for every single person on planet Earth. It's not about what you deserve. It's about who he is. It's God's good gift to all people. And I love that in the story, God wraps this in these shepherds and he comes and he makes this announcement. Like, like think about the great baby announcements. Like you see on Us Weekly, you've got, what are their names? Uh, the girl from Suits and Prince Harry, having a, they're having a baby. And we've got, uh, aren't they pregnant? Yes. Yeah, okay, I thought so. And then his brother and Kate Middleton, and we know they're babies because they announce it and they show the pictures like in the kingdoms. And then, of course, Kanye and Kim, it's on, it's on People Magazine and Jay-Z and Queen Bee. And they're showing their baby. And it's this big announcement. But when God has a baby, he doesn't announce it to the tabloids. He doesn't announce it to the newspaper. He doesn't show up at CNN. He doesn't go to the palace. He doesn't go to the White House. He shows up on hillsides and he tells these shepherds. Why is that significant? Because in Jesus' day, shepherds were the outcasts. Shepherds were the outsiders. Nobody chose to be a shepherd. Shepherding chose you. And it wasn't a good calling. Yeah, it's a calling. No, it's a bad calling. It's like if, if, if we were in modern days, like to go back to the classroom, and you got like seven-year-old kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know how like today, if a kid says something, we'll correct them. Like, I want to work at Tim Hortons. And we'll tell them, Let's, let's shoot a little higher than uh, double-doubles. Hey, let's, let's maybe police officer. Let's do, you know, and we try to push them a little further. Not that working at Tim's is, is a bad job, but there's things that we'd rather see our kids go and do, correct? Okay, well, apparently Tim Hortons is going to have a fleet of kids coming by the Valley Reaction, so that's great. Yeah, like it's one of those jobs where like, hey, let's, let's, let's choose a little higher. If we were in first century Israel and some kid said, I want to be a shepherd, every parent would say, no, no, no. We don't want you to be a shepherd. Why? Because shepherding's the job you can do when you don't succeed at any others. Shepherding's the job that you can do when you're not good at anything else. Shepherding's the job to do when you can't really be around other people anymore. When you've imploded and destroyed all your closest relationships, you go and live in the fields and chase around sheep. Shepherding is the job for the outcasts. It's the job for the people who have screwed up all their chances. And every chance they got, they kept messing it up. Shepherds were the last people that were deserving or, or anyone would expect to hear an announcement like this. And yet God shows up 
And he comes to the shepherds and he makes this announcement and he tells them of all people. Like, don't miss the significance of how Christmas is wrapped. It is the gift of God's grace given to the whosoevers, to the outcasts, to the outsiders, to the excluded, to the failures, to the ones that carry shame, to the ones that, you think about where, like, the, they were not dressed for that occasion. Can you imagine? Like they were stinky, hanging out with shepherds. These guys were just a bunch of dudes, right? It is a deplorable thing when dudes get to hang out for like 10 days in a row. They look awful. Have you ever seen a group of dudes like they went camping for six days? They aren't looking great by the end of that. It's like, it's like a gravity just takes us down. I don't know how that works. It's supernatural. But can you imagine... What, these, what state these shepherds were in. And then it says heaven opens up and the glory of God shone on them. Like think about that. Like somebody, somebody at one of the locations today, you need to hear this today. That you are not too far gone and too far out on the hills and too far away for the glory of God to reach you where you are. That's the gift of Christmas. God's glory shining on all people. If we had time, I'd look at it. Matthew chapter 1. It's that part you probably skipped when you read the Gospel of Matthew. It's the, it's the genealogy. The genealogy is actually pretty important because it tells you the lineage. It gives you the backstory. But if you were able to read that genealogy, Matthew goes out of his way to remind everybody that Jesus is actually connected through the generations, not of the A-list, not of the top of the heap, but actually the whosoever's. It's actually the screw-ups. He, he, he reminds you that Jesus came from the offspring of Rahab the prostitute. Reminds us that Jesus came from David's bastard son. The one that he had his, had his, uh, his, wife, his wife that he had this kid with had him murdered. After he had adultery, he had committed adultery with her. Like, um, it's not a pretty backstory that Jesus is born into. So let me just say that right now. Like, just be reminded that this gift of God's, of Jesus, is the gift of grace given to the lowly. It's given to the one that doesn't think they deserve it or knows they don't deserve it. That's the thing. Which Santa gives good gifts to people who deserve it. Jesus was given to all people. None of whom deserve it. And just receive fresh grace today. Look at this, Luke, Luke, Luke chapter 2, let me read it really quick. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news. That will be great joy for all people. I'm starting with you. Isn't that amazing? Like Jesus singles out the people that the world wants to exclude. It's incredible. It's incredible. If you are looking to belong, if you are looking to be made right, if you are looking to be cleaned up, if you are looking for a place to call home, if you are looking for a people to accept you, if you are looking for a purpose, if you are looking for, for, for feeling like you finally belong and that you are lovable, this gift is for you. That's the gospel. Jesus has been given to all people. He is grace for those who don't deserve it. It's every single one of us. The Bible says that God who is rich in mercy made him who is no sin or who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. He's mercy for the condemned. He's freedom for the bound up. He's glory for the disgraced. 
He's forgiveness for the guilty. He's riches to the poor. He's life for the lifeless. He is the gift of grace to the downtrodden. Amen. Jesus said, John 10, he said, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them, who? Shepherds, the whosoevers, you, a rich and satisfying life. I'm paying for it, he said. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. Jesus said, I came to bring you life. Who is this for? Who is this gift for? If you're not perfect, if you got flaws, if you have shame, if you have things you regret, if you have things you screwed up, if you have broken relationships and broken roads in your past, Jesus is the gift of God's grace for you. He is a brand new day, a brand new start, a brand new name, a brand new outfit, a brand new purpose, a brand new friend, a brand new family. That's who Jesus is. I always, I'm always reminded of the fact that how many people didn't realize that Jesus is God's grace to them. I'm always reminded that Christmas time and Easter time especially, we'll see, we'll see probably four or 5,000 people come into the Imperial Theater to, to hear the gospel. And they'll come to the Imperial Theater because it's not in a church. There are folks that, want, that go to Seaside, and we're glad you're here today. You're there, though, because it's not in a church. You're in a school, and you're more comfortable with that. But there's a, there's a faulty understanding in your mind that says, I have to get cleaned up before I get to God. That's the lie. That's Santa Claus. God came to you in your mess, in your wandering, on the hillside, in the valley, in the muck and the mire. His glory came down to you and picked you up and set your feet on solid ground, cleaned you up and set you on the right path and illuminated your steps. That's what Jesus does. Who deserves it? No one. But who gets it? Everyone. That's the gift of God's grace. That's some good news. All right, last one, last one. Let's do, let's do one more and we'll be done. I just, it's, uh, it's amazing how many times you can look at the gospel and you can look at the gift of Christmas and then God speaks something deeper. And I pray that it's happened for some of you. Let's, let's, let's open these last two. Funny story. I, uh, I preached this in Halifax last week and I asked Tracy, who... who my assistant and helps me with a ton of stuff. I asked her, can you find me a manger scene? I didn't ask where she got it. Probably should do that. Um, and I, was, I did this in Halifax last week, and I opened up these, these guys. These are the wise men, the magi. Can we get a close-up of these guys? Can, you, can we see them? We got, we got the magi. And I opened them up, and uh, there was a kid in the front row in Halifax. And he was being so good and cute. And so I was like, hey, buddy, come on up here and open this. And I let him open it. And I felt like that, that woman from Home Alone with the turtle doves. And I was like, you know what? You keep one and I'll keep one and we'll be friends forever. And I let him, I let him go with it. And uh, I got back, though, and I, I told Tracy, yeah, we're, we're down a wise man. I let, I let a kid in Halifax have it. And she goes, you did what? You, you, she's like, that's Simone's. I, I borrowed it. It's like an heirloom. <laughs> like, well, you're, you're, down, you're down a wise man. But... Good news is there's nothing in the Bible that says there were three. So there we go. Um, but we've got two today, and that's all we need. It's an undisclosed amount of wise men. The Bible doesn't actually say. I don't know where we three kings of Orient are. Orient is culturally insensitive, and uh, there aren't three of them. So let's, let's just move on from that. So, But... 
Here we have our wise men today, and I'm not going to give one of these away. So, Tracy, we're all good. But uh, what does the wise man tell me about this gift? Who is this for? If you're writing notes, let's write this third one down. Uh, Christmas is the gift of God's joy for searching and desperate people. It's God's joy for given to us. It's satisfaction given to us in our search, in our desperation to find something that truly satisfies. Another way that Christmas has been co-opted is that Christmas often is become, you'll hear, things, you'll hear people say, well, Christmas is really about giving. Um, we'll try to teach our kids that. We don't, none of us want our kids to be greedy, spoiled, rotten punks, right? We don't want that. And so we'll tell our kids, Christmas is really about giving, and we'll use the scripture. It's better to give than receive, and amen, we believe that. But Christmas really is not about giving. Christmas is about receiving. Christmas is about receiving the greatest gift ever given, and that when you receive that gift, all of a sudden, all those things you used to cling on to that were treasures to you now become pretty meaningless, and you just start giving those away to people and blessing them with it. This is what happened to the Magi, the wise men. The, we don't really know a ton about them other than the scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 2, it tells us that these wise men traveled from the east. We don't know how far east. Some people think Syria. Some people think as far as India. Uh, but all we know about these men is that they had the means to up and leave for a couple of years uh, in a caravan and to travel cross countries with great wealth and gifts. We know that these men were wise, that's in the Bible, but they were actually uh, from a religion called Zoroastrianism, where they were able to read the stars. They were, they were people that were highly intelligent. They were the culture carriers of the day. They were the top influencers where they, were, they, were, they lived. And we find these guys on a search, which asks the question, what are they looking for? Why would somebody who is intelligent, rich, and powerful be looking for anything. Don't we tell ourselves that? How, many, how often do we see like a, a celebrity flame out and we'll think that thought of, why are they upset? Why are they depressed? They're famous and rich. They have everything we think we want. And here we have this Christmas message where we see people who have everything that we think we want. They're intelligent, they're influencers, they're powerful, they're rich, and we find they're on a search that they, in the words of Bono, still had not found what they were looking for. I don't think that song was written yet, but if it was, they probably were singing it while they were on the camels going, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. No. They were on a search. They were looking for something. They were looking for joy. And look what happens. It says in Matthew 2, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. During the reign of King Herod, and about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. We were looking. We've been searching. We've been looking for more, and we now seen this, and we saw the star, and we've come to find this true king. Look what it says in verse 10. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with, can you say it? Filled with joy. Joy filled their hearts. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him and they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What just happened there? 
These men who had been searching in religion, searching in their intellect, searching in their understanding, these powerful and rich and wealthy men, they follow a star based on a prophecy and they show up and they find the prophecy is true. And here is this king, this savior, this Lord, this Messiah. And when they saw it, it says, they were filled with joy. And all of a sudden, they found the joy that they were looking for their whole lives that brought them all the way across the world. There it was in this person of Jesus. And what do they do? I love the reaction. They bow down to the ground and they empty their treasure on him. Why? Because they found a greater treasure. That's what it looks like when you find Jesus and you realize that he is the joy that money can't buy. He is the joy that power can't bring. He is the satisfaction that nothing of this earth will ever satisfy. All of a sudden, when you receive that joy in Jesus, you let go of all the things that you are gripping so tightly to. And this is what we see the Magi do. They, they lay down their treasure. It's like, it's like where Jesus, he said, you know, when you find the kingdom, when you find me, when you really find me, you're going to find a satisfaction and a joy that makes everything else on this earth just pale in comparison. He, he compared it once. He said, it's like a man who was going through a field one day and he stumbled upon this priceless treasure. And in his joy, he went back to the town and sold everything so he could buy that one field and enjoy the treasure forever. He said, or it's like this, it's like a merchant who who was looking for a pearl of great price and when he found it, he sold the business and just enjoyed the pearl. It's this joy that you're looking for, that when you find it, all of a sudden everything else sort of dissipates. It's like that old, that old hymn. You remember that one? Uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. You remember this one? And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you see Jesus, when you come upon the gift of Jesus, you are receiving a joy that nothing in this world can compare to. And when you receive it, all of a sudden the things of earth grow dim and the things that once were treasures are no longer treasures and you're able to give those and be generous and you're able, you're able to lay them down and crown him king. That's what happens. That's who Jesus is. So let me just say, who, who is Christmas for? I'm gonna, I'm gonna land the plane, but someone needs to hear this. The joy you are looking for is not gonna be found by you getting that promotion. The joy you are looking for is not gonna be found by another high or another fix. The joy that you are looking for is not gonna be found if they just like your Facebook post. The joy that you are looking for is not gonna be found if he just gets his head straight. The joy that you are looking for is found in Jesus and only Jesus. It is the joy that satisfies the soul. Jesus said, I am like water rushing up from within. I am a living well that when you drink of me, you will never thirst again. He said, uh, he did a miracle. He made new wine when the wine ran out. Why? Because he is life and joy. That's who he is. He told a woman by a well who had been thirsty, to say the least. She'd been sleeping around. She had five different men on the go. And Jesus said, if you drink from my well, you will never thirst again. I am life, he said. He said one time after feeding 5,000 people, he said, I'm the bread of life. And whoever receives me will never be hungry or thirsty again. And I'll tell you what. If you are hungry or thirsty, if you are searching for meaning, if you are searching for purpose, if you are searching for something that will satisfy you, Jesus is for you. Can I just tell you that, that this gift is for you? 
this gift is for you. Jesus has been given to you. If you are searching and desperate for your life to matter, if you're searching and desperate for something to finally make you feel alive, he has a name. It's Jesus. Our church is full of people who have found that. Full of, full of men and women who have gone from drug to drug and substance to substance, and then they came and they heard about Jesus, and just like these guys, they didn't have gold and frankincense and myrrh to lay at his feet. They had drugs and alcohol, and they laid it at his feet. And they said, you're better. We have single moms who have been searching for companionship and searching for the support that a that a, that a male counterpart will do and they came and they found Jesus and all of a sudden they realized, you know what? I don't need a man, I have him. It'd be great. Jesus, if you're giving out husbands for Christmas, yeah, right. right. All the single ladies, put your hands up. Yeah, no. But I'll tell you what, like, let me just say this. I feel like there's, single, there's some single women here that need to hear this. There is a level of joy that Ryan Gosling can't bring you. I guess the, the reason you're even attracted to like a glorious caricature of a man is because you're really looking for Jesus. And I'll say that for the dudes. Like there, there, there is a level of joy and a level of glory that no woman, no, no relationship will ever bring you. Or maybe we got guys that are trying to climb the corporate ladder. Let me tell you, there's nothing at the top the glory you're looking for came down. It's in a body. His name's Jesus. It's not in Facebook likes. It's, not, it's, in, it's in Jesus. Receive the joy that you are looking for. This gift, this gift of Jesus, who's it for? Like, just remind yourself, if, if I haven't covered you today, let me just include you. This gift of Jesus is for you. He is joy to the one who is looking for joy. He is forgiveness. He is mercy. He is peace for the anxious. He is hope for the restless. He is life. He is light. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'll preach till you get happy in this place. He is the bread of life. His kingdom is without end. I wonder, can you stand to your feet? Can you stand to your feet? If you don't, if you don't know, this gift is for you. The gift of Christmas is for you. And do not get caught up with the other gifts. Don't let, don't let this season just blow by and you just kind of put Jesus as one of the presents under the tree. He is the reason for the season. He is the only gift that matters. Receive it and let all the gifts that you give flow out of the grace that you've received in Jesus. Grace that you didn't deserve. Grace that you didn't earn. Grace that you didn't find. It's grace that found you. That's some good news. So just receive it fresh today. Hey, just by a show of hands, if you need peace today, you just need to receive peace, just put your hand up and let's just, Father, just, we just, just ask for your peace over these people. Let's see sides. Sandra Sham, just put your hand up. God, we just speak your peace. It's here in Jesus' name. So we just we just put peace out for the one who's anxious, the Prince of Peace. Would he rule in your heart and your mind right now in Jesus' name? Is anybody here who just, you need a fresh start today? You need a fresh start. You need a do-over. You re you're, you're that shepherd on the hillside. Just let me just speak God's grace over you. God, we just thank you for grace. Thank you for grace that finds us. Thanks for grace that pursues us. Thanks for grace that runs us down even when we're running away. God, thank you for grace that is greater than all my sins. God, would you just wash over brand new? God, we just speak fresh starts over people today. 
fresh starts, brand new starts, Lord. Lord, would your grace just take the rags and make them robes, Lord. Would your grace take our trash and make it a treasure today? In Jesus' name, we just speak your grace. For the one who just needs a deposit of joy, just slip your hand up. Just say, hey, God, I just need a fresh touch of joy today. All of our locations. Father, thank you today that we have the joy of the Lord in us. God, we just ask that the well of God's joy would spring up in us in a brand new way. And we ask that in Jesus' name, Lord. For the one who's been looking to, for joy in all the wrong places, we ask God today that your joy would be made fresh and new as we receive Jesus in faith. We thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you. This gift is for you. Hey, really quick, I feel like I should do this before I'm done. Is there anybody here who you would say, all of our locations, just every, let's just let's bow our heads and just, just give a moment of privacy for a minute. All of our locations, is there anybody here that would say, you know what? I've never actually received the gift of Jesus before. I've never actually put my faith in him. I've been around Christmas every year. I've heard about it. I've heard the preachers. I've heard the story. But I've never once actually said, Jesus, I need you. I need a new start. I'm giving you my life. The Bible tells us that if you, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and risen from the dead, that you can receive Jesus by faith. There's nothing you have to do. There's no price that you have to pay. He already paid it. There's no distance you have to travel. He already traveled. It. If that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up when I say three? I'm just going to get you to shoot your hand up at all of our locations. One, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Two, the Bible says call on him while he is near. Find him while he can be found. Three, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just slip your hand up. Shoot it up all over the room. Come on, shoot your hand up. I see hands. Awesome. Is there more? Come on, it's not too late. Shoot. Yes, awesome, awesome. All of our locations, just shoot your hand up. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So God, we thank you and we receive it all over again. We receive your gift of God's grace. We receive it afresh and anew. We thank you today that we, you've given us what we did not deserve and we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for these ones that have just put their faith in you. Lord, help them take their next step. Give them grace to just go one step in front of the other as they live for you and they follow you with their lives, Lord. Thank you for grace. We thank you and we celebrate and we just say thanks for this gift called Christmas and all God's people said. Amen. Hey, really quick, we're going to just celebrate. We're going to celebrate. There was a bunch of hands here at the Valley. I suspect there was a bunch of hands at our locations as well today. Uh, we're going to celebrate and we're going to just worship. And uh, But at, e at our uh, West location at Seaside and in at San Bishan, we're actually going to be doing baptisms right now. And uh, so that's going to be amazing. So what we want to do is let's just give God, when I count to three, Let's just give God a great shout of praise as Pastor John and Pastor Adam lead their baptisms. And let's thank God for this gift of grace for the people who just received it. One, two, three. Let's say thanks. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We celebrate. We celebrate those baptisms. 